Promotional consideration for Growing Greater Philadelphia provided by Citizens Bank and the General Building Contractors Association. This is the Growing Greater Philadelphia podcast, bringing you more of the interviews and stories from the Growing Greater Philadelphia radio program. Now, here's Matt Cabry. So here on Growing Greater Philadelphia, we're telling the stories about business growth and business successes and the economic development that is really fueling our region. And we're thrilled to have with us the founder and president of Brick Simple, uh, a gentleman named Det Anson, uh, who really calls Greater Philadelphia home. Welcome, Det. Oh, it's great to be here. Tell us a little bit more about Brick Simple. Well, Brick Simple is a company that I started back in 2002, which I... I call a great year to do a technology startup. Uh, we had the dot-com implosion, and for me, I looked at it as an opportunity to start something new, build something new. And there's also 40% of the people who worked in information technology were unemployed after the dot-com implosion. So there's lots of resources, lots of talent, and I wanted to make an investment in building a new company that did exciting things. And we've been trucking along now, where it's technically our 16th year as a company, and, and maintain that nimbleness, that entrepreneurial spirit we had from the beginning, to do innovative technology work. And how big's your team? Are you employing uh, hundreds? Are you employing uh, dozens? We're currently 75. Uh, I just hired five more people, so in about a week or so, I'll say we're 80. That's great. Uh, but yeah, no, we're very much a, a, been a growing concern in the Philadelphia region. And tell us a little bit more about the niche, uh, if there is such a thing that you would say you and your team focus on at Brick Simple. We really focus on innovative and cutting-edge technologies, be it uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, Internet of Things, blockchain, AI, the intersection of all those different pieces. So really, as a firm, we're quite unique in the kind of scope of work that we do. The majority of the work that we do is either working on our own products or helping clients develop their products. Is there a, uh, a project or a product that you've worked on over your career that really stands out for you as one that uh, is, is extra special that you're proud to tell around the kitchen table when someone says, hey, Dad, what are you working on these days? There's a bunch of them. We're very lucky in that way. The one that comes to mind just because as a person who's engineer by education, technologist, we did a project with artist David DeTuna. Uh, that was a collaboration with the artist. So we combined Google Glass, which was popular at the time, uh, and his artwork to create an interactive art piece that was unveiled at Art Basel in Miami. We went on to do Lincoln Center, which is something as an engineer I never thought I'd be able to say. We did Lincoln Center. Uh, but then we also uh, took that uh, to the Smithsonian National Portrait Gallery, and we broke a 38-year uh, attendance record um, with that piece and having people interact with it. So it was use of technology to communicate a lot of values of Americana, tied that all together into an interactive experience that uh, was at the Smithsonian. That work was turned into an award-winning documentary, which I tell my young guys, not every project you work on will be turned into an award-winning documentary. Uh, but I was really, really proud of that. And I think what it did, it showed off the kinds of things we can do. And today we're doing everything from CPR and virtual reality to uh, helping workers to um, helping build better mousetraps. That's great. It sounds like you're having fun doing it. It has to be fun. I mean, that's what keeps me keeps me going. We were very fortunate. We had uh, two venture-backed exits of technologies that we created, one in 2008, one in 2011. And for me to come to the office and work with these amazing people, we got to have fun things to do. And we really have that at Brick Simple. And tell us a little about the, um, the technology that we're seeing, not just in the greater Philadelphia region, although I do want to talk about that a little bit, but in general, how um, – 
technology is evolving and and the amazing things that you get a chance to work on today compared to 15 years ago 16 years or so ago when you started your vision of brick simple i think the biggest change as we talk about this idea of pervasive computing uh, computers that are all around us whether it's that smartphone in our pockets is more much more powerful than the computers we're using 15 16 years ago to how we you know communicate with these things how speech has become a dominant way to communicate with this new wave of technology, whether you're wearing an augmented reality headset, whether you are talking to your Alexa or Google Assistant or now uh, Siri, um, those technologies are something very different than how we approach things 15, 16 years ago. And what's happened is the capabilities of this technologies are much greater than something where it's a simple matter, someone kicks out a little piece of code and they're done. We're leveraging augmented reality, we're leveraging uh, voice recognition, um, in computer vision, AI, all of these pieces together is something that really creates those new kinds of computing experiences. And hopefully, it's something that becomes less disruptive. It's not you sitting behind a desk and working at a computer. It's not you necessarily staring down at a phone, but using this technology to bring information to you in a way that's seamless and transparent to how you go about your life and how you live. Let's go back a little bit to um, your vision for starting Brick Simple, and, and even a little bit further than that, you um, are really proud to be from Bucks County, Pennsylvania, part of our greater Philadelphia community, and you've chosen to stay here. And after you graduated from high school in Bucks County, you again chose to stay here. And tell us a little bit about uh, your journey. I think for me, um, after after completing high school uh, in Central Bucks and middle Dollstown, Bucks County, um, I went to Drexel University, so I really didn't stray very far and, and grew a great love for Philadelphia and my involvement with Drexel. And after I finished school at Drexel, I, I wanted to stay here. Uh, this is a place you've got easy access to New York, easy access to D.C. We have a city that is so much more impressive than it was 25-some-odd years ago. Um, it just became a very compelling place for us to, to live in terms of raising a family, um, the schools that are here and also the talent that is in this area. I think uh, Philadelphia, when you talk about technology, tends to get down on itself, think we're not, hey, we're not like San Francisco, we're not like New York. The reality is if you take Philadelphia and the collar counties, there's so much tech and so much talent that's here. It's really impressive. When people tell me, it's like, well, hey, well, San Francisco is very different. We have an office in San Francisco. And when I'm in San Francisco, I need to go down to Mountain View. I'm driving like an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes often. You can go a long way outside of Philadelphia with that kind of draw the kind of circle around Philly and you see the kinds of companies that we have here in the Philadelphia region. And that's the part I think people don't necessarily appreciate when you're just focused on what's on Third Street. It's really what's out there in Bucks County, Montgomery County, Delaware County, Chester County. There's a great region here and a great pool of talent. And as someone building businesses, that's really important to me. It's important that we have these schools who are churning out all these brilliant people and I think it's great to be able to offer them that kind of tremendous, challenging career-building work right here in the Philadelphia region. I'd love to hear you say that because, uh, one, it does talk to the pipeline of talent that we have in the greater Philadelphia region. Um, and you're absolutely right. We often, at Select Greater Philadelphia, part of our role is to highlight our assets. And talent is one of the things that we lead with. So to hear uh, from you, uh, as a, an expert, if you will, in this area of technology and, and uh, entrepreneurship as well, talk about the robust talent pool that we have here is, is really gratifying. Um, and you're right. Sometimes we are our own worst enemies when we compare ourselves to other regions of the country and other regions of the world. Um, 
Because to your point a moment ago about um, you know working in in California, for example, the cost of doing business and the cost of living compared to Greater Philadelphia uh, is really um, uh, eyebrow raising. I would suggest so. It's it's nice to hear that. Yes, you can you can do some great things in California, and you should. Um, but there's nothing wrong with establishing and growing your business in Greater Philadelphia as well. Yeah, and I think that talent, I mean, for us, is it's key and important. Uh, we uh, recently opened a new office in Philadelphia on 230 South Broad Street. And for us, this, this new office initially started with two people in September and is going to be 20 people by the end of the month. A um, big part of that is that there's so much talent here. They want to work and live here, and especially for millennials. Millennials have a strong bias towards an urban environment for living and working and whether you're enjoying a lovely beverage or a great food scene. Having that in your place to work also is a big deal. So for us, we're in a semi-urban environment in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. But being down here in the city really helped bring us access to the talent pool that's here. And the reality is that Philadelphia has that kind of Brooklyn cliche kind of quality of life here uh, in the city. There, you know, in terms of gentrification, in terms of food and options, entertainment and outings, that for young people. Um, it's a huge asset for them that they have access to all that, that you don't even need a car. You can just walk over to work, catch you know, public transportation, and be part of that. That seems to be a much greater priority for millennials. Uh, of course, my hope is that with this boom we have in the city, that you see these young people, when they start having kids, they don't move out to the suburbs out there and that they stay in the city. And I, I think you're seeing, starting to see some signs of that, that people are really committed to making the city their home. Absolutely. And I, what I love about this region is it's oftentimes the, the best way I like to describe it is it's the best of both worlds. You have this whole urban community in the city of Philadelphia, yet we also have these beautiful communities in southern New Jersey, northern Delaware, the Pennsylvania suburbs. So to your point about Bucks County, folks who choose to live there, that's great. They can be in center city Philadelphia in you know 30 minutes or so. Um, and so it's it's this real nice balance of, of an urban community tied with a suburban community, and it offers something for everybody, especially for companies who are looking to establish here. They may say, you know what, I want to be in the city. Or they may say, what's best for my team and our employees is to be somewhere near the city, but not in the city and still close to the talent that's there and, and all the amenities that's being offered. So it's it's that great bundling. I, I do want to shift gears on you for just a moment because I find it really intriguing. Brick Simple, what's the story behind your name? Back when shareware was a thing where people would create software and say, hey, if you like this, send me $5 in the mail, etc. I created a, um, a company named Brick Simple, which was all my shareware was under Brick Simple. And the idea was being simple like a brick, being modular, reusable, and also simple. So um, a friend had used it growing up. The word used, he used that word growing up. I applied it to technology in terms of trying to make technology simple. Of course, the great irony is Brick Simple builds very complicated, sophisticated solutions that maybe to an end user seems simple at the end. But really, um, that became kind of part of the vision. And once you have an idea like that, a name like that, and a brand like that, it can really help guide what you're doing as a business. I love that. That's really thoughtful. Uh, and the journey you get there to get to the end solution is is really compelling. Um, Det Anson, uh, you've had a really interesting background. You've had the chance to work in, uh, I guess, as a volunteer on some government projects as well in the Obama administration. Do I have that right? I was a member of the White House Business Council 
uh, under the Obama administration, and uh, I got to provide some great feedback and, and see how those things work in Washington, D.C. That's very um, cool. How did that How did that come about? How did that opportunity present itself? Well, part of it is that, uh, for me, I had one of the horrible hobbies that I have is I was an elected official. So for a dozen years, I was the uh, account council in Dolestown Borough uh, and also was council president for 10 of those 12 years. And in doing that, I had a series of legislative priorities, some very progressive things, things we could do better in government that I really, as someone in the outside world, I'm a business person. So I thought, how can we improve this? And I think often we have this kind of mantra, how can business people go improve government? And some of the work that I had done there was really very visible. It was visible statewide. We got some national visibility. And that's what prompted initial invitation down to the White House. And I told friends, hey, I, mean, I want to give my feedback and speak my mind. And after I spoke my mind at the first visit, uh, I told them I will never be invited back again. And uh, sure enough, uh, three weeks later, I was back down there. You uh, must have done something say. right. Well, I think it's important that people are looking for voice to be brought to government. I mean, it's one thing to say, okay, everything's great, everything's awesome. But if you're going in and want to approach how you improve these things, and some of the things that we had talked about as a business council, uh, when the president had given the State of the Union one year, we just saw like checking off the list, everything that we had discussed made it into that State of the Union. And that's because the alignment of what we saw in the business community we got some of that out of the administration. And that's something where I think it's very easy for people to be cynical about government and, and ways you interact, and it's very easy to apply labels and characters. But at the end of the day, you want government to be doing these things that can support good things in the economy, support entrepreneur, the entrepreneurial spirit. And that's something that's still really ne- uniquely American. And I think that you know we need to bring voice to that. And I saw it as an opportunity for me to bring voice from my own experiences to do that in government. That's great. And it's okay to challenge the status quo and, and try something new and offer some solutions. And definitely as a as someone who works with emerging and innovative technologies, that's basically the gig is that right. we're always looking at how do we do things new and differently. And that's, you know, taking that kind of thinking to Washington, D.C. is useful on occasion. Um, and also for me as elected official, when I was during my period as elected official, I saw it as a great opportunity to take a lot of those learnings and experiences and try to apply them and make the government work better. And I can imagine that, uh, you know, it's all about building community and consensus and listening, uh, both as an elected official, as a business owner. And I want to transition a little bit here, Debt, into um, your experiences in what we would refer to as the entrepreneurial community in greater Philadelphia. And if you could talk a little bit about your experiences there, is there uh, this robust uh, kind of gathering of like-minded folks who help each other and lift each other? I think you see that a lot in Philadelphia in terms of the how the co-working scene has grown here. I mean, co-working is allowing people to basically have that office outside their living room, come together and group together. Uh, you started out with just, you know, if you go back 10 years ago, you had relatively few co-working spaces. And you've seen that explode, and you've seen the kinds of entrepreneurial activity around those spaces explode. And there's a lot of uh, support that people give one another in those spaces. I think when you combine that with the kinds of university anchors that we have in this town, whether you're looking at University of Pennsylvania, Drexel, and University City, and Science Center, what's happening there, uh, then you take Temple, you take the surrounding uh, smaller universities, you got a lot of heavyweight schools here churning out people who are entrepreneurial, who have great expertise, who want to learn and do things and do them here. 
I think that to me is something that really you need that. If you just had co-working spaces and we're out in the middle of nowhere with no institutional university anchor, you're not generating the kinds of folks that are there. And I think that's the, you take in those universities, the co-working, a couple of good anchors, you really do build that kind of community environment that allows people to be successful. And, and that leads me to this thought of, um, you know, why Greater Philadelphia? And you referenced this a little bit in that, um, you know, there's a community here. But could you have been as successful, do you believe, establishing and growing your vision for Brick Simple somewhere else in the world? There's many different ways you can look at that. Uh, you can look at that in terms of what it costs for you to do things in terms of hiring people. If I was trying to hire people in the Bay Area, it would have been more expensive than it was here. If you look at the costs of you know having your facilities and offices uh, in some parts of the country, that's easier than others. But it's really the combination of all of those things. And I think it is something that's truly unique. And we have an office up in Cambridge. Uh, Cambridge is a college town, you know, and, and you have right there in Boston and those assets. But when I look at Philadelphia, the fact that, you know, we can be down in D.C. Uh, in less than three hours. We can be up in New York City in less than two hours. Um, that kind of reach is important with the quality of life and the cost of living here. It's that right balance where you don't have that in, in other parts of the country where you don't have those kind of city centers around you. In Philadelphia, basically, if we weren't sandwiched between New York and D.C., we would be the big thing around. We just happen to be sandwiched between those two um, vital centers. So this whole corridor from New York down through Philadelphia and D.C. ends up being so vibrant because of that, because of all those people, because of all that talent. That's exactly right. And I will say to you, we at Select Greater Philadelphia, we often flip that around and we say, you know, it's really to the benefit uh, to New York and Washington, D.C. that they're so close to Greater Philadelphia, not yes. the other way around. Correct. Yeah. Um, that I did want to ask you a little bit more about Brick VR and Brick Internet of Things. Yes. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Brick VR. Well, Brick Simple, we have a few different practice areas. We have a practice area for artificial intelligence, a practice area for the Internet of Things, and Brick VR is our practice area for doing virtual reality training experiences. Uh, one of the higher profile training experiences we did here in the Philadelphia area was working with the University of Pennsylvania. Center for Resuscitation Science, where we actually did uh, one of the first CPR training experiences in virtual reality. So that when you see someone collapse in the virtual reality experience and you put your hands down, you have your hands down on a Laridol mannequin, you're able to do compressions, you're able to see that experience. And it's much more effective than being just in a classroom, fluorescent lighting. You're on a street scene, you see people around you reacting, you're asking people for help. And it makes it very immediate. And we've been working on other training experiences, everything from hand washing to configuring surgical centers, um, leveraging this kind of virtual reality experience for something that does something more. It's allowing you to do something that would be otherwise dangerous in real life or too expensive to perform. Being able to do that in a virtual experience is really powerful. And I think a lot of virtual reality companies are looking at this as being some amazing new entertainment experience. And the reality is, Yes, you can do amazing entertainment experiences, and the market is only so large for that. But if you can do experiences that help nurses do their jobs better, if you can create experiences that will you know, either make a patient more comfortable, um, those kinds of experiences, be it in healthcare and medicine or in industrial circumstance where we've done training tools to teach people how to assemble parts and equipment and materials, those things are very effective, and they're very effective now. When everyone has a VR headset at home, I'm certain the entertainment use cases will be more profitable, more, uh, you can build more of a business around it. 
But when you look at the enterprise right now and their value that they get out of this technology, there's a there's a hunger for it. We go to enterprise customers where they've already set up virtual reality training areas. It's something that's already begun, and they want the content that they can leverage this technology to have an impact on how their workers work, the quality of work that they produce, and that they do that work more safely. Totally agree with you. I love the entertainment aspect of it, but the practical vocational application that actually helps people uh, live a better life, uh, in addition to potentially getting some entertainment out of it as well on the side, is is uh, is a nice balance. And I, I I really applaud your vision when it comes to how to best uh, use that VR experience. How about the uh, IoT? Well, it's interesting for the Internet of Things. Um, there was a lot of talk and buzz like, oh, IT, IoT is going to be everywhere. And what's happened is it's become quietly everywhere and very important. I'll give you an example. Uh, one of our clients that we do product development for um, is called uh, Invisalert. And they have a product called Observe Smart that uses Bluetooth worn wristbands. Uh, the hardware for the wristband was designed by Bressler Group right here in Philadelphia. Brick Symbol is a software there and a software running on these iPads and the cloud. What this solution allows you to do is it allows someone who's watching behavioral health patients to check in and make sure that they're okay. And not just relying on a clipboard or paper notes to do so, but using the IoT wristband, using the iPad, using a secure HIPAA compliant cloud with all their healthcare information, be able to make sure that these people are safe. And this is an application that's literally saved lives. It's deployed at some of the uh, most significant behavioral health institutions across the country. And it's born right here in Philadelphia. That's great. Uh, again, it's another really perfect example of how this technology that oftentimes is hard for the average person to grasp is actually being applied and utilized in really productive ways. I, I want to shift a little bit and talk about why Philadelphia, why greater Philadelphia for you personally and professionally. When you meet folks, you referenced uh, you know, your team at Brick Simple. Uh, is thrilled to have an office in Cambridge, Massachusetts, in Mountain View, California. Do you have other offices, by the way? We're right now San Francisco, Philadelphia, Cambridge, and Dollstown. So those gotcha. are the four offices right now. Excellent. When you're talking with peers, colleagues in other parts of the country, other parts of the world, whether it's Massachusetts or California or, or elsewhere, and they discover that corporate headquarters for Brick Simple is actually in the greater Philadelphia region. Yes. Um, what do you say to them about why that is? Um, folks who are savvy recognize recognize it right away. We've got a great talent pool here. Uh, we have a great right kind of cost of living. We have access to the key markets that are necessary. Uh, what I find interesting is we've interviewed people out in California who've wanted to relocate so they can be in Dolestown or Philadelphia. And we have a couple folks starting in that regard. One of them is relocating. They're out in Redmond, Washington, working for another large technology company out there. They uh, relocated to Dolestown. And I think part of that is that when you have a place that, hey, you're willing to move if you lived in San Francisco and you're willing to relocate to Doylestown, even though we have an office out in San Francisco, I think that says a lot about the Philadelphia region and uh, what it is in terms of an asset for uh, people. And they see just the quality of life, um, the kinds of access to opportunities here. Uh, I think it's something very compelling to people. Absolutely. There's something special about Greater Philadelphia. And the more people realize that and and, and embrace it, uh, the more they're going to want to be part of this community. And, and it's uh, something you've been living. And let's go back to your alma mater, Drexel University. Yes. And young person comes up to you and says, I, I really admire what Brick Simple's doing. And um, I have a vision for becoming an entrepreneur. What would you share with, uh, with that young person? 
Well, a few things in being an entrepreneur, I think that we have very much this stereotype of going right out of school and just starting this business. I often suggest to build some experience to understand the industries that you want to address, to spend some time clocking a little bit of time working for somebody else to understand and appreciate that instead of stepping right out into it. I think that was hugely beneficial for me. I think if you look at these successful business founders and owners, they're not the ones who are in their early 20s. They're the ones in the 30s and early 40s. That's where really the success gets built when folks are doing with their, they need to raise money, they need to raise venture capital or private equity. That tends to be the age demographic of the uh, founders at that point. So I'd always recommend building that experience. Brick Simple, you're doing some amazing things. And we've been talking with uh, Det Anson, who's the founder and president of Brick Simple. Det, thanks for uh, taking time to be with us right here on Growing Greater Philadelphia. Thank you. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to us by the Commercial Banking Division of Citizens Bank. You know, the Citizens Bank team, they bring practical financial experience and deep industry expertise to each banking relationship. To learn how Citizens can help your company reach its full potential, visit citizensbank.com backslash commercial. And be sure to check out all of our podcasts at radio.com and tune in Friday mornings, 5 a.m. to Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks so much for listening to Growing Greater Philadelphia.